Welcome back to another episode of Red Tinted Glasses. We might not be the OG Don's podcast. Well, I'm certainly missing my OG co-host because Callum is once again sidelined. Thanks very much to Grant Campbell, who was an able deputy in his absence. But Ross Nicholson, who's been on the podcast before, has willingly stepped in to join me. So Ross, welcome back to Red Tinted Glasses. Thanks for having me on. Don't think you've got much else better to do just now for the next few no. days, do you? No, not at all. No, yeah. no. but at least um, someone that was able to watch the uh, first leg defeat over in Azerbaijan, um, because it's always good to have that to be able to comment on. First trip to Azerbaijan for the Dons, would you say it's a disappointing result? Mm, not at all, no. Um I, as I said, you nil nil. I would have happily taken, but a one nil. Take that back to Pataudry. Different, completely different circumstances over here. So, I mean, we'll be playing in about twelve degree heat <laughs> compared to 28, 29 over there. So, I like um, how you consider that as heat. Twelve yeah, degrees. As heat, yeah. You'll still be in um, your shorts as well. <laughs> I won't be there. Oh no, I will. No, yeah, no, I will. So, uh, yeah, you um, will. You'll have freedom yeah. by then. So, uh, no, I don't know. I think. I think it had been, if it had been more than one, I would have been worried. But I think at 1-0, I think we'll happily take that and just go all guns blazing when they come over here. Yeah, as I think for those of you that tuned into the preview episode with Patrick, who was, um, you know, parted some really insightful knowledge on on Karabakh, you know, even said that Aberdeen probably shouldn't be too disheartened if they came away from Baku with a 1-0 defeat. Um, and I, I think, you know, I think that was my initial post-match reaction was... We're, we're still well in this tie. Um, you know, maybe at half time, I thought mm, this is this could be a long, a long second 45. But, you know, we showed, showed signs of improvement and um, definitely, um, which we'll come on to. Starting 11, Ross made six changes from that fateful Sunday in, in Wraith. I think it was very expected we'd go back to pretty much full strength. Uh, yeah, and I'm glad we did. Yeah. <laughs> Sunday well, was brutal. Yeah. Um, I mean, as I think it was our best 11, maybe bar hedges. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess you can't put more out than your best team. But um, yeah, still frustrating team. I mean, I think we registered two shots in the end of the game, and our first shot came in about the 84th minute. Yeah, so, I think first shot on target was the last kick of the yeah, game. So, you know, um, so yeah, I mean, we can't ask for more than putting out our best team, but um, I think that when you look at the the way the game went, you know, I've seen people speaking about, you know, the lack of shots that we had across Sunday and today's game, but today's game is maybe a different set of circumstances given the way the game was going, the, the pitch, obviously, the heat and humidity that was, that was faced. But we saw, we saw signs of improvement in the second half because we, we saw nothing of an attacking threat first half. I was struggling to count the amount of times Ramirez touched the ball in the first half I don't think it was many but mm-hmm. I mean it didn't help that any pass we tried to make there was bobble here bobble there <laughs> it's probably the worst pitch I've seen Aberdeen play on in a while so yeah I don't, I don't even remember like you said even maybe one or two passes strung together but um, there was a lot of pre-match talk about the pitch um, I don't yeah. like you said it's probably a pitch I've not seen Aberdeen play on for a while pretty shambolic yeah for a UEFA, for UEFA standard for a club that's been in the Champions League and Europa League before, if they've used that, because I read um, that they use that for Champions League and Europa League games for a pitch to come out in that standard is absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Considering they have a 
ground not far from the national stadium supposedly with a much better pitch mm-hmm. that I've seen so yeah it kind of begs the question why they didn't want to use their their own pitch and I suppose it did have an effect on the game overall but as Willie Garner said at the end of the, the coverage on Red TV we don't really know how good a passing side they're going to be because we've not seen them on that, that surface yeah, tonight no. Um but at times when we managed to get the ball on the deck second half and and move the ball about, we did look a lot more threatening, certainly second half. But yeah, first half, I don't know if it was just kind of still get, getting used to the conditions that we were playing in, but I, I wasn't really sure of our game plan. It, it just kind of felt that all we were doing was try to put the ball up to Jet, get him to take it down and control it. And which is he really ineffective he, he wasn't doing that and then obviously no. he he went off and then all Lewis was we couldn't play from the back it was virtually impossible we couldn't do what we're used to doing mm. so it was virtually impossible to do that and trying to thump a ball up to the top end of the pitch with Ramirez who's trying to find space and then when you've got players like Hayes and McLennan trying to win balls against six foot three, six foot four mm. defenders who are basically we're just thugging them about the pitch yeah. you couldn't really do much so Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't help but I mean they had their game plan but as the game started off I kind of felt that all the home team were trying to do is just thump up and down the park mm-hmm. just trying to work the ball forward as much as they could and just bully kind of Aberdeen into it which I felt that they did yeah definitely they kind of bullied us about the pitch tonight yeah you know you know saying in our group chat that I kind of felt certainly first 45 we got I don't, know, I don't know. I know Brune disagrees with us. I don't know about you. Did you feel we kind of got battered in the first 45 minutes? Uh, I, I don't know about batter. I think we kind of just, they controlled the game a lot better mm. than we did. And when you see players like Scott Brown and Ferguson not getting on the ball as much as they usually do, you know, something's not right. And yeah. I, I guess they're used to the environment. The players over there are obviously used to their environment. They're probably yeah. used to that state of pitch before they've probably played on it before um, so they, they knew exactly what they were doing but it worked in their favour but when, I mean we maybe didn't well, obviously we've, we've never played them before so we don't know much about them and mm-hmm. going into that game obviously went in with a game plan and I don't think in the game plan it was that they were <laughs> going to come out the way they did so yeah um, yeah, I wouldn't maybe say batter I would maybe say they just controlled it a lot better than we did and we didn't I mean we did nothing in the first half I think it's fair to say no I think we just tried to to contain and I think you know it was a very cagey opening Joel Lewis forced into an early save and to be honest it's really the only save I of note anyway that I remember him making throughout the full 90 Um, but obviously the first half probably from an Aberdeen point of view was really marred by the quite serious looking injury to Andy Constein who departed on a stretcher Um. I think that's got to be down to the, the pitch because it looks rather innocuous in all other circumstances. Yeah, well, I didn't really see it at first. I was too busy also watching where the ball was going. But mm. when they took the kind of the coverage back, he kind of saw his legs stick yeah. and the player kind of push into him. So obviously his legs are going to go. And then, I mean, no player goes down in a heap like that and starts waving their hand about for yeah. no reason. So um, that didn't help, but... I knew straight away it was yeah. it was a bad one by Constantine's reaction because he's not a man to to stay down if he no. if he doesn't need to. But it's it's not exactly an area that we've been blessed with a lot of depth 
this season. Um, obviously, Michael Devlin being a player that we're yet to see. Um, and we've had Ross McCrory filling in as a makeshift um, centre-back at times, who I actually yeah. thought had a good game tonight. I don't know about you. Yeah, I thought um, him and McKenzie, the speed they had on the left-hand side against their wingers was a good partnership. Mm-hmm. Really chasing balls down and defending. Um Apart from the goal, obviously, the, there was just just a bit of a mess, to be honest. Um, but I think there was a whole the, the defence tonight just wasn't there for me. Calvin Ramsey, I, I felt, was getting drawn way too far up the pitch over at the other side, and mm. I, I just felt that the, the whole the whole kind of team tonight just looked really half arsed with it. Kind of maybe it was just tired, maybe they're tired, mm. um, slight fatigue, maybe, but they just kind of looked half arsed as. As the game went on, and I think it's probably a bit of frustration from the way the game was being refereed. Yeah. Probably frustration, like you said, we couldn't apply our own game plan. It was a style of football that we're not used to. Um, you know, we could we could certainly see that a lot of the time. But just to go back on the Considine injury, you know, it's leaving us short. He's definitely going to be out for Sunday's trip to Tynecastle, um, and I suspect you know he'll be out for next week if not like you said months you know potentially season ending injury for Andy Constein. do you think now this really forces Cormac and Glass's hands that we've got to go into the market for a centre half uh, yeah I think it does it's just a point of do we go out and buy somebody who we know is going to make a difference or the usual kind of lone player that Aberdeen love to get mm. but I mean if you're going to buy somebody in with a lot of money I mean if you're paying a lot of money for a player Constein's out if that, that's obviously going to technically be a Constein replacement because I mean Aberdeen we've seen what I mean we've, we've spent 800 grand on uh, Hernandez he's don't think he'll ever come back to Aberdeen so we obviously want to spend money in the right way but I mean if we're, if we're going to give Devlin a deal you would think Devlin would want to play and would Gall- um, Glass trust him I don't know but um, yeah, though I suppose the, the question is, do we have any, I'm, I'm not really too clued up on the centre-backs that are coming through the youth academy. No, I, know no, we had, I have no idea. I, know, I noticed there was a guy Hancock on the bench, I'm not sure if he's a yeah. defender or not. Um, so it's maybe a question, obviously we, you know, those of us that will remember when Scott McKenna was thrusted into the, the first team under Derek McInnes and look how he developed. But yeah, it's a, it's a position that I'm not too clued up on, certainly from the from the youth perspective. So we could maybe see a youth player make their debut for the team on on Sunday because I think he'll definitely have one eye on Thursday when we go into Sunday's game. You know, will we want to rest the likes of McCrory and Gallagher? We'll we'll we'll, we'll certainly come on to that. But you know, we we found ourselves one nil down not long after Constein went off. Um, for those of you that have been following us on Twitter, if you don't, you can do at RTG underscore podcast. You'll have seen us retweet um, Gary Mulraney, who did a really good tactical analysis of Carabag pre-match. And one of the things he said, you know, stated was when they come forward, they like to, to cut inside to create opportunities. And the goal came about from Jamie Romero cutting inside and getting a shot away, albeit through Johnny Hayes' legs and finding the bottom corner. It was a bit of a shame to see Johnny Hayes left with with two men out wide. Do you think Aberdeen, from an Aberdeen perspective, uh, uh, Ross, do you think we could have maybe done a lot better there or or not? 
Um, I think, yeah, definitely. I think the thing with Hayes was Hayes was also focused on the man running at him with the ball mm-hmm. and the man overlapping him. And when a defender's in two minds like that, it's, I mean, they can only make one decision. And I think Hayes made the decision that a lot of other people would have made is gone yeah. with the other man. And then when the, the, the guy pulls the ball back, and I mean, Hayes has got obviously stretch out and I mean, it's just unfortunate it's gone through his legs. Lewis has maybe hasn't seen it clear, but you never want to see a keeper conceding at his near post. And yeah, I think on on that though, I think uh, I knew you might bring that up, but there's been a lot of criticism for Joe Lewis recently. But I don't really know. I think as well if if he's onside, but when you look at the camera angle behind the goal, his body weight is actually shifting away from where the ball ends up. He's not expecting rightly or wrongly the 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 uh, Romero to shoot in his yeah. near post but also as well you don't want to blame the pitch constantly but it does take a little bit of a ball because almost like it does just loop over his hand because he is close to getting there but yeah. I do think that just moment of he wasn't fully set his body weight was just to, towards the right hand side and he just couldn't get down there quick enough and I think for a big keeper um, it is difficult to get down quickly to those sort of things yeah I think yeah he would have been disappointed with him I mean we talk about baubles at least there was another Manabor moment <laughs> true, was, true I know I, I did was, have I flashbacks was, of that when I did see I was kind of pictures. hoping I was hoping that would have happened to their keeper maybe yeah um, but no I, was, I mean yeah when you've got a pitch like that anything can happen and um, I couldn't really fault Lewis at any other point tonight I mean you said he made that save mm-hmm. in the first half he had another good one in the second just at the end of the game when he came rushing out yeah no, I, I can't believe I thought, I've, just, I've already forgotten yeah. about that save <laughs> I, thought, I thought he did well there so, it's in my um, notes yeah um, but no I think just as an overall I think walking away with a 1-0 considering how much they dominated the game I think mm. we'll happily come back here and I mean we can only go for it and um, we'll just have to see what happens yeah absolutely and I suppose um, you know when you go in at half time 1-0 down you're probably thinking it maybe could have been a little bit more you know we'd rarely threatened throughout the first half you know we've, we've discussed about our passing being pretty much non-existent I think really struggling to to get to grips with the pitch and the conditions yeah. mm-hmm. and when we did get venture forward we had a cross from Johnny Hayes that didn't find a man I think it was a free kick Jack McKenzie delivered the keeper inadvertently decided he needed to punch um, instead of catch don't know if he was just trying to create some entertainment at his end because he had nothing else to do but yeah really toothless display from us up top but um once again, Stephen Glass showing that he's not afraid to make any changes at half time, um, and I think it was a really unex- uh, sorry unexpected change because Jet, who again was largely anonymous, I just don't know if that style of play that we're doing away from home really suits him. But yeah. Conor McLennan came on, and we needed that injection of pace when when up top because we saw it in the first half when Hayes was getting into space. They looked uncomfortable dealing with that that threat that we had. I thought, um, in my opinion, McLennan was the best player on the pitch in that second half. I uh, thought he, yeah. I thought he was the only one that looked a bit well with a bit of urgency. He was chasing down balls. He was mm-hmm. actually looking to make runs, and he was winding up the defenders because he was yeah. nudging them about, kicking out, and 
I mean, that's what we needed. We, we had mm-hmm. Ross Scott Brown. He was him and that uh, number twenty caddy. They were having a right yeah go at each other. And I mean, as the game went on, you kind of noticed the number twenty nudging out of the eye. I you kind of knew Scott Brown was going to eventually get a boot, but mm-hmm. for it to take McLennan to come on for a bit of urgency. I mean, as you said, with the McKenzie balls going in and the keeper, I mean, I think I counted maybe about three deliveries McKenzie made and keeper got every one of them. And yeah. when McKenzie's putting in balls like that, that's when you want a player like Jet right on the keeper, putting the keeper under pressure. We didn't have him on the pitch. So, uh, But I think though the deliveries from... The deliveries all, uh, the, at the they start... They weren't that it, great compared they were to what? Not good, no. No. Putting them yeah. right on the, the keeper... Is it never works? You, you, it's literally just handing the keeper a golden ticket to come and grab the ball. You want it to be front post, the first man nod it on or something. You want it to be in the middle of the pack. But when you see a keeper coming out that easily to just pluck the ball into his hands, I mean, yeah, and you know, in those conditions when you, you know, I think again it was touched on in Red TV that when you're you've got your centre backs trudging all the way forward yeah. for these set pieces. You're looking at okay, obviously we didn't have Constantine, but you're looking at Declan Gallagher as being someone you want to get on the end of these. With again, you touched on there, no jet being on the pitch. That there's our aerial threat, maybe Christian Ramirez as well. You need to be hitting your man, not giving them back easy possession because at times it was almost allowing them to counter. And you're also having Calvin Ramsey out out of position because he's mm-hmm. just running up to touch the ball before yeah. McKenzie's whipping it in. And, yeah. you know, we saw against Dungeon United in the opening league game of the season um, just how excellent Calvin Ramsey can deliver a set piece. So I, was, I was actually a bit disappointed that he wasn't allowed to take a couple of those free kicks. I don't understand that. I mean, we saw kind of McKenzie, he was delivering it obviously with his left foot, but you wanted a bit of pace and speed on the ball. Mm-hmm. Ramsey, obviously from that left-hand side, but Fair enough, it was on the right-hand side, yeah, you'd want a left footer on it, but for McKenzie to take every single one, I mean, I, I don't understand this whole two players going out and one player putting his hand in the air. And yeah. Hazen, Hazen McGinn used to do it for corners and it just mm-hmm. it made no difference whatsoever, but mm-hmm. you want I a sw- player who's, who's going to ping it in with speed and pace and we know how good Ramsey is at crossing the ball. And I think it's a good point you made because the two free kicks that certainly you know ring true in the second half were on that left-hand side and I thought that was almost perfect angle for Ramsey to whip it in with pace because it's going into goals yeah. whereas McKenzie's are they're already away. going away yeah. and the you know the one time we saw um, it reach an Aberdeen man Lewis Ferguson was just heading it back into really no man's land unfortunately couldn't generate enough power to, to knock it back across goal so you know there's there's things that we can work on because we weren't at our best tonight no. far from it and I think towards the end of the game, we certainly showed that you know we were maybe a little bit fitter, but hopefully next week we've got a little bit of a better referee because I can't believe it took so long for them to finally receive their first booking. Well, that's what I was wondering because a point popped in my head at the end of the game. I could have sworn that there was some form of reason that it was the same referee for both legs. Well, I, I thought that, against, that is. I thought that against Harkin that we had the same referee, but we definitely yeah. didn't. So no, I think there is, there will be a di- well, there better be because the tweet of the night that really am- amused me um, at Granite1903, Alison on Twitter saying, is this referee on work experience? Because it really <laughs> did seem yeah. like that at times. Yeah. Well, I think I must have, I think it must have been about, um, I think it was about 25 minutes in the game. 
And all I could think to myself was this ref had no control over the game whatsoever. He had no idea what he was doing. Uh, and it, it got to the point time. he just plucks his yellow cards out of his hand for no reason. I mean, he, he was he, he was telling um it was when Ferguson went on down under the challenge from the back, which I thought was a horrible challenge. Yeah. The ref's telling him to get off the pitch. Like, <laughs> The boy's been booked. I thought the rule was if, or the like, the thing is, if he's been booked, you've got all the time in the world to. Yeah, because that was when Andrade picked up their first yeah, yellow card. Yeah, exactly. And then it was almost. Was that not when Stephen Glass then got picked up? Stephen Glass as got well. Yeah, for, yeah. So Just, I think it got to a point where we've seen it before. I can't remember what game it was. Oh, it was the it was the hacking away leg the mm-hmm. ref got really card happy in the second yeah. half because he just had no he had no idea what he was doing yeah and that's what I think the ref did but their Carabag's captain I think he must have made about six challenges and then he went flying in on Ramirez, the, the Ramirez for the free kick mm-hmm. and that was his, that was the booking even their right back as well was giving McLennan a tough tie yeah um, and yeah it was just it was really frustrating so hopefully you get something better yeah. and you know Maybe we just need the crowd at Pataudry to be on the every foul that's yeah, being made, uh-huh. make a point of it, and see if we can yeah. get a bit of pressure on the referee yeah, into to making definitely. a few decisions in our favour. We saw with obviously the temperatures, we saw water breaks introduced in both first and second half, and just before the the second water break. We had a great opportunity because Carabag got lax in possession, Conor McLennan pouncing. And I don't know if it's the pitch or if it was, you know, his brain and feet. He was thinking about the next phase of play, just got the ball stuck in between his feet. And, you know, it was probably one of our better opportunities up till that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. It's just frustrating that, I mean, we've we've come away with a 1-0 one, one defeat and. I think definitely we know. I mean, we've watched Aberdeen this season. We know we can go score goals, and mm. it's just yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, it's only the second time this yeah this season we've not scored um, a goal. But the for their keeper, I generally think their keeper must have been about five foot ten. Mm. Like for a keeper of their height to have no saves. Well, I mean, I don't even know if you can call the Ferguson free kick in the last minute a save. You basically I know, it's, it's basically right at him, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, for him to go no saves, uh, it's not what you want. But like the Ramirez chance he had, he, I was literally yeah. just screaming at my laptop, let's take your time, like you've got to maybe try and run it on. But then again... But do, you, when, do you think then on that chance, because that's the next point that I was going to come to, you know, he had a really tough shift up there on his own. Yeah. Uh, and you, you touched on in the first half the lack of service, but I always think, and I, I don't know, people will maybe disagree with me here. When I compare him to the performance Jet puts in, his willingness to get back and help out defensively, he puts such an effort into for the team as a whole defensively yeah. and going uh-huh. forward but but yeah do you think the pitch in his mind affects that chance because it well, maybe I mean, did the, need that little bit more composure take a touch I think if if you were looking at the when he's obviously tr- running onto the ball you can see his feet sliding about you can see that he's he's probably just wondering is like I need to just connect with it cleanly and obviously he, he doesn't but um but as you were saying, like the the urgency he had to get back, and I mean, Jet kind of had. I kind of felt that Jet was almost like a Cosgrove kind of attitude in the second. Mm-hmm. Like when he was, I mean, if he loses the ball, he kind of just 
puts his arms in the air or just just gets frustrated with himself and won't come back and help the team. Whereas, but I, I, you could see towards the end of the game, Ramirez was he was out of puff. He 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 was absolutely minced. But I think every player on that pitch, Aberdeen-wise, was absolutely minced because the, the way the camera angle was looking, I brought this up in a, in a chat, I mean, their pitch looked huge compared mm. to Pataudry. Yeah. So that could be a benefit factor for us back in Aberdeen because we obviously can play a tighter game, tighter passing game. If their game plan is thumping up the pitch, mm. looking for their tall guys because it's a big pitch, then that's they obviously won't be able to do that at Pataudry because it'll be a lot easier to pick the ball off of them. Yeah, because I think, you know, you definitely saw that first half, how willing they were to spread the play um, and use the size of the pitch to their to their advantage and, you know, try and tire us out. And, you know, I said earlier that we maybe showed a bit better fitness in the second half. You know, we looked a lot better going forward. You know, it wasn't hard for us to look better going forward compared to what we did in the first half. But... I was quite surprised by Karabag's tactics in the second half. They seemed kind of reserved in their in their approach. But how vital is that save from Joe Lewis from Vesovic at the end going to be in the you know in the, the future of yeah, this tie? No, I think yeah, I get what you mean. They didn't seem as kind of. I think they obviously they came out in that first half thinking right. Uh, Aberdeen were on we were on decent form apart from the result on Sunday we were playing well they were obviously thinking right we're going to have to play well I was reading the their manager's comments before um, the game he was saying they can't give Aberdeen any space whatsoever so they obviously had a game plan to I mean completely shut us down which I felt they did and then the second half they obviously kind of calmed it down a bit and knew that they could just play the ball the way they wanted to but the the save that Lewis made I think it'll be the the, the reason that I well, I'd hope that we go through next <laughs> week because I mean for him to rush off his line and it did help having the two defenders kind of close the guy down as well it made him mm-hmm. kind of panic and have the shot but I mean for the sake of him especially that save in the first half because the, the defending for that first <laughs> shot I mean Ramsey cans it the minute he runs up the ball Browns can try to chase after him and you can see Lewis shouting at the players because I mean mm. he can only do what he has to do but when you're watching defenders back away from a player or kind of just give up on him and just leaving yeah. it out the keeper and I mean I, I, I have had my points over Joe Lewis I've been a bit critical with in the past couple mm-hmm. of weeks but when you need him he's always there and that and so but you know I think as well like kind of the points you're making there about that that first effort we saw through the second half when we seemed to be in tight areas defensively a few of the players Declan Gallagher in particular wanted to to pass their way out of trouble whereas every time it went back to Joe Lewis he was just just get it away and honestly I kept shouting in my laptop just fucking clear it just fucking clear it honestly I don't care if it comes back at least it's coming back from the halfway line not the edge of the box because Uh, we've been doing it in the league we've been putting ourselves under unnecessary pressure and we seemed quite happy to do it again on occasion tonight it's it's really frustrating well when we it, like when you were saying about like passing it about every time we were pissing about at the back the only thing that was going through my head was Jack Gar last week at Wraith <laughs> I was like it's going it's to be another moment and we're going to concede well even because well, even the, the chance for Vesovic came about because Ojo 
yeah. kind of dillied in midfield and it was a sloppy pass or caught in possession. Yeah. I can't remember which one it was, but again, it was our own, we were shooting ourselves in the foot again. And it's these sort of things we, you know, we talked about it in the, in the show with Grant and Patrick, we cannot allow teams of that caliber the opportunities. And thankfully, you know, Joe Lewis came up trumps um, tonight. Yeah. No, I think, um, I think we'll have to buck up our ideas for next week because I mean, they're not going to come out and sit, settle for a 1-0 aggregate win. They're going to come out and try. No, as, as, you know, it's funny, because that's what I was going to say. Do you think in the first, sorry, second half, do you think they were almost happy to be yeah. like, we'll, oh, we'll take a 1-0 to Pathology? They, they, they were just playing it, try to play down the last 45 minutes, just try to settle in, try and frustrate mm. us. And almost I mean, take us on the counter. Yeah, mm. I mean, I, we've seen teams do it before. Like, they'll just play the ball about and if they get a chance, they get a chance, which they did in that, that last couple of minutes. But, yeah, I mean, you could see the urge of panic on kind of their phases when we were coming at them, and then we mm-hmm. had McLennan chasing after them yeah. and winding up their defenders, and um, obviously that the chant, the foul in the last minute, I, there was a slight kind of moan went through my head of thinking, right, where are we to score here? <laughs> I put um, the laptop down yeah. just in case. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you kind of just see like the whole kind of faff about in the wall, yeah. <coughs> excuse me. Um, players getting booked you were just thinking oh just like hurry up please just take it and then mm. for Ferguson just to kind of like pop over the wall and just, <laughs> the almost summed up our night yeah. didn't it yeah. yeah so um, that was kind of one of the that, that free kick is when you want like a prime nylon again <laughs> curler on it he's saving that for Tynecastle yeah. and he turns into Ronaldinho yeah. again <laughs> so um, yeah but I mean at the end of the day so we've come away our first trip to Azerbaijan um, with a 1-0 defeat but there's definitely reasons to be encouraged ahead of next week you know full full um, tawdry hopefully you know we've gone yeah. and reduced the ticket prices it's great to see Dave Cormack listening to the fans criticism of the ticket prices and, and reducing that and hopefully the fans um, reciprocate that by by packing out tawdry yeah. but even you know what you've touched on there just kind of niggly fouls just unsettling the Karabag players um, in that second half. And there's certainly encouragement I've taken from that second half display to be positive going into next week. No, definitely. I think um, from what what we know, we, we, we're definitely going to be the, the, I reckon the team that are going to come out and obviously just go all guns blazing. I mm. think we're probably going to hit them with a bit of a shock. Yeah back over here but um because I was reading they they made I think it was like eight changes eight changes mm-hmm. yeah f- for their league first league game of the season so I mean they obviously knew they had to rest players for us mm-hmm. so I, I I mean I, I don't keep up with the Azerbaijani league I don't know <laughs> I don't know how good it is but yeah. if they're able to rest players and get a draw out of it mm-hmm. will they rest players again this weekend for the game on Thursday I think I think you'll find that they will uh, yeah, and I think so. I think that we will as well. Yeah. And obviously, it's a it's a top of the table clash at Tynecastle that awaits the dawns on Sunday. But before we talk about that game on Sunday, Ross, there has been some more news, if you want to call it that, um, on the new stadium proposal down at the beach, with the council publishing the report of their proposals for the beach 
development and um, for those of you we tweeted that development out so again you can follow us on twitter at rtg underscore podcast to see that development you might have seen that in today's evening express jamie hall there with the with the story once again and thanks to him for providing us the the correct links to to tweet out <clears throat> and on those proposals you know if you're watching on youtube leave us a comment down below are you in favor of seeing the the new stadium at the beach or you know do you want Pataudry developed or should we just stick with what we have go with Kingsford let let us know and if you're enjoying what you're hearing on tonight's episode make sure you hit that like button and if you haven't done so already why not hit the subscribe button whilst you're you're there as well but Ross you know what was your your initial thoughts on seeing those those um developments and the the pictures that were released today um, very futuristic for Aberdeen. <laughs> like maybe, yeah. maybe a bit too futuristic for Aberdeen. Um, positive, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anything that isn't Kingsford is positive. So, <laughs> I mean, I think I though think, you know it's it's a site that's been we you know proposed. Uh, I think it was yeah. back a long time ago now. And why now is it only being resurfaced as an option because? You know, folk will start criticizing previous, um, you know, boards as why why was this avenue not explored deeper? But you yeah. know, I would also argue why was the council not willing to support it back then? There's been talk about the cricket pitch being an ancient burial ground, so some contention over whether that is able to be used. But also the the drainage on that site in particular, because I know I think when there is a lot of heavy rain, it does flood. Mm-hmm. But what I liked about the proposal there was that you know they were going to build into the into the side and down into the ground. So the stadium, you know, it's not going to tower over the road. It's going to kind of be built into it. But they're also thinking about the facilities that are already there, you know, keeping the ice rink and developing that you know, the, the pool and the gym facilities are that are there, you know, they've stated that they're in need of massive redevelopment. So using that, and it's just going to be kind of a complex area that hopefully the city can be proud of. But I suppose another kind of talking point was if it is going to be kind of council-led, we need to make sure that the club are not tenants in the stadium that we own oh, we own it yeah yeah uh, yeah uh, no 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 i completely agree with that we, we um yeah i'm just i've got the kind of screen up in front of me with it mm-hmm. and i mean you can see i mean i've i can't remember the last time i was at the beach leisure center yeah. down in that area and it, i i don't think i've ever seen a game of cricket go on in that field before so i think kind of <laughs> if you were to I think the fact that they're wanting to build it and then keep everything together, I think, is a good thing because I think yeah, it, it. I mean, the I suppose for us, as, suppose for both of us as as golfers, the only you know maybe any of you else that are tuning in that are keen golfers, obviously, it's going to be the loss of the the driving range there because they're moving the cricket pitch adjacent yeah. to where the the driving range currently is, and um, so yeah, we'll lose that from from that area, I suppose. But I'm all for this zip lining down from Broadhill to Pataudry. <laughs> <laughs> 10 beers and then do that <laughs> get an Angus the Bull actually pre-match entrance straight down yeah no it'll be, it'll be interesting but as I said to you it's just it's just so futuristic yeah. like, looking at something like this and it's so futuristic it can't be Aberdeen County yeah no <laughs> for, a, for a city like Aberdeen to be proposing something like this is just 
it's maybe a bit, <laughs> maybe a bit too extensive currently. But I mean, mm. for for what they're wanting to do, it's a it's a it's moving forward because I, I mean Aberdeen's. I mean, I, I don't know about anybody else's opinion, but it's a pretty depressing city. There's not really yeah. much going on. I think when you look at the, so. the development that Dundee have done, you know, yeah. to their was it Seafront yeah. email that they've got, you know, with the VNA, you know, they're doing stuff to spruce yeah. up their city. We just kind of seem to be getting left behind. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, certainly an interesting one. But we ran a poll on our Twitter page about whether or not if there was, you know, a call for fan investment in this development to help go ahead would you be prepared to to help put some money towards it and it got just under 300 votes 299 to be exact and over 75 percent of you were willing to um part with some sort of cash to to help that that investment ross would you see um obviously there's the our dna project that we've got that's um up towards the footballing budget would you like to see something else on top of that aimed at a new stadium or is that kind of too much to ask fans when you know it's already tough times financially yeah um i think in the environment that's what's going on at the moment i think aberdeen football club will be aware that people don't have or some people maybe don't have heaps of money to be obviously spending at the moment people are just slowly getting back up on their feet working and stuff but Mm -hmm. i think for the football side of it i think because i mean the you would you would think Aberdeen fans would, would obviously want to give some form mm. of kind of like donation towards the stadium and maybe like Aberdeen could do something I don't know like get like a wall or something and put like people's na- I've seen at other stadiums people's names of who'd mm. contributed to stadiums or like other things I've seen um, a couple of places. Um, where you can kind of like buy like a strip and your name gets put up and mm. um, just as like a to show that you've kind of contribute towards yeah I think like Livingston and Dungeon United both have something similar outside yeah I know we had something outside the the concourse of the RDS I can't remember what those bricks are for yeah Um, but no that's a a good idea Um, but again if you've got any other ideas let us know what your thoughts are but it's just interesting to see these developments come about and more will be made of that um, in midweek when the the council come to have their meeting which is next Wednesday um, I believe so um, tune in for an update on that when Callum hopefully gets out of his COVID bed and, and rejoins me um, in the review of the the second leg. Um, at least you've made the effort to get out of your COVID bed and, and join me, Ross. There must be something about this show in COVID, honestly. Um, but Tynecastle awaits on Sunday, as we said. Um, how do you see us approaching what is a top-of-the-table clash? One eye, I think, rightly is going to be on next week. Yeah. Um, I reckon it'll be a. I think you'd hope for this. I I always. I mean, last Sunday when the team came out, I said I would happily have another team that played Livingston mm. for that second forty-five minutes. Give me that team for that second yeah. forty-five minutes, and obviously that was the kind of basis of the team we put out against Wraith. But I mean. <sighs> For the times I've been to Tyne Castle, <laughs> it's been close games. It's been I've never seen us get like thumped. Mm. I've not got a good feeling about Sunday. I'm kind of glad I'm not able to go, to be honest, <laughs> because I just think that Glass will want to rest players for Thursday. Because next Thursday is our biggest European game, and 
since probably the, the Dnipro game, yeah, um, from from a financial point of view to yeah. the club, um, you know, people will say that Bayern Munich game was definitely our biggest, yeah. but yeah, financially, just definitely since Dnipro or even Copenhagen, you know, the the game where where they got us through to that Bayern Munich yeah. game, and I think I think you're right, you know. You know, I was speaking to the guys at the ABZ football podcast through the weekend about how, you know, we should have maybe forfeited, forfeited, I'll put that in bunny ears for those of you that are listening, um, the game coming up on Sunday and, you know, kept in the other competition, the cup competition in, in the League Cup because next Thursday is going to be the, like you've just touched on, probably our biggest game in a, in a really long time. And you can make up three points in the league. You can't make up getting back into no. the cup competition. Yeah. And I think it's really going to be interesting, given the injury to Andy Considine tonight, what we do defensively, because we really can't afford another injury to a centre-back. No. Um, Ramirez has put in a really thankless task up top um, and looks really knackered even with 10 minutes to go. Mm-hmm. So I think it's pretty much expected he'll be benched. I don't yeah. want to say dropped because that rest yeah. will go with. Mm-hmm. So probably see Jet lead the line again and um, see how long he lasts this weekend. I did, and again, put, I, think, um, I did put Michael Roos' name forward, let him loose. But Well, I mean, I mean it, it's, it's going to be interesting because is yeah. there a case we... Let's be honest, I was a way to suggest Niall McGinn, but we've not seen enough from Niall McGinn at Livingston yeah. or Wraith. So why not? You know, these guys are on the bench for a reason. They shouldn't just be there to make up the numbers. Yeah. If, you know, if they're good enough, play them. You know, okay, only had a, a limited experience um, at our growth last season before being recalled. But, but like you, you know, I don't really hold out much hope for the weekend because no. Hearts have obviously had a, a free week. They'll go. They'll go full. Uh, they'll just go full strength. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, this is going to be their like, first crowd. Um, yeah, their first game in front of a full time castle since yeah. being promoted um, back to the Premiership. So you know, they're they're going. Their fans are going to be up for it because they're always up for it when yeah. Aberdeen come to town. Correct. Because well, for them, it's pretty much a cup final outside yeah. the Edinburgh Derby. You yeah. know, as cute as it is for them because. Um, that's what makes them excited but yeah. you know they also have GMS a player who maybe wants to prove a point against Aberdeen do you think or uh, I don't think I don't think he has to prove a point I think he'll probably just take the person <laughs> probably score well he um, started the season well yeah. and he scored and, and yeah. set up a goal at the, in um, the game against St Mirren but um, I mean yeah well he scored against Celtic and mm-hmm. I mean yeah, I just think that come Sunday, probably sat here quarter to five in the evening, just kind of sat thinking like Thursday is just going to be getting even bigger and bigger because, I mean, as much as we want to be challenged, especially with Celtic, I mean, we always, we all thought Celtic would struggle with kind of their new manager coming in and their kind of hiccup to the start of the season. But mm. now they've got this Japanese guy. <laughs> I mean, he's just scoring for fun. So, yeah. I mean... Um, but hey, we've already got, you know, three points yeah. on both of both of those sides. Yeah. Hearts will eventually shit the bed and yeah. usually takes them to about October before they do that. Um, we so, all know, like, we all know Rangers are probably just going to stroll the league again. It's, it's only a matter of time before they... I mean, probably our top of the league by about six points. Well, you never um, know they're shitting the bed yeah. in front of a crowd as well. So, but, but yeah. I, I suppose, <laughs> yeah. you know, 
looking to the game on Sunday from an Aberdeen point of view, we speak about the centre-halves. We've not exactly been blessed with defensive greatness this season, only keeping the one no. clean sheet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Liam Boyce is going to be looking forward to Sunday, don't you think? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think he'll be he'll be like a kid in a candy shop, especially if he's up against kind of Declan Gallagher and McCrory. And I think I think I wouldn't it wouldn't honestly surprise me if come Monday, eh, come Monday, come kind of maybe tomorrow or Saturday, we've I don't know maybe by chance brought in somebody because going into a game with two maybe fit centre-backs. Mm-hmm. Well, McCrory, it's only one centre-back. McCrory, McCrory can play centre-back. We've, mm-hmm. we've seen him do it before, but going into that game with maybe one kind of full cent, like centre-back is, I mean, I think I speak for every single Aberdeen fan, is really bloody worrying. Yeah, and I mean, you're probably going to see Calvin Ramsey rested, which means Jack Gurr um, <sighs> will return to the starting 11 and you know GMS's eyes will probably be lighting up at that prospect as well Um, you know is it Ginelli as well in that Harps team they they love attacking down the wing so we've got to be switched on we've had again unfortunately due to the injuries sustained by Andy Constein you've had Johnny Hayes play more than he was probably expecting to tonight you've had Jack McKenzie play 90 minutes we need yeah. a le- you know we don't have a left back or a recognised nah. left back could, on that uh, side, so one of them's going to have to play again. It would it wouldn't shock me if we play that in the Wenga boy. Yeah, well, I was, I was just going to say, I, yeah, maybe yeah. we might see Keenan and Gwenya play. Play um, him, and I I I would have thought. I mean, I don't know how long he'll play, but I would have thought Scott Brown would have played if they've got that Hun Halliday in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, letting no. them two rip each other apart. But yeah. Well, that'll for, be a battle as well. Yeah. You know, even Lewis Ferguson, he's not shy of a battle as well, but he'll be coming off that pitch tonight, battered and bruised. Yeah. And it's it's going to be another bruising encounter because hearts are known for being hammer throwers. Yeah. They're not going to be afraid to put in a challenge. And we're going to need to see a bit of fight from this Aberdeen team because okay, we might not be going down there with much hope and expectation as fans, but we don't want to see that on the pitch that it's just no. a lack of effort like we see from, you know, we might yeah. perceive to see from Jet. I'm going to say, so yeah. I don't want to be criticised too heavily yeah. for my opinions on that, but we want to see, and, I, and to be fair, if Glass comes out in his press conference and says, look, I'm going to give the youngsters a chance yeah. because Thursday is more important, the fans will be on board with that and I think the fans will get behind the youngsters because mm-hmm. they know like if he goes down and says oh look you know we're going to you know full focus on this game you know got to take it seriously and then he goes and trucks in the youngsters everyone will be like well I thought you were taking it seriously yeah so it's going to be interesting to see how we approach it but I suppose will Glass reveal that in the press conference because you don't want to be given away no. too much but we need to be seeing more shots, hopefully. Just the two on target across 180 minutes of football. Just yeah, a small yeah. matter of Craig Gordon to get past on Sunday. I mean, yeah, I, I, I just don't know. I, I, th- I, can, I think we'll see McLennan play on Sunday. I think he'll play... I mean, just for more minutes, I yeah, suppose. Minutes. Um, I, now McGinn will play 100%. Jenks, he'll play... And I hope we'll see a better I, performance. I thought Jenks... I mean, Jenks against Livingston, I thought he did all right. It's a really good goal. Um, against Wraith it was kind of just kind of anonymous but I think everybody was but going on your point about 
changes and this and that. I wouldn't be shocked to see Gary Woods play instead of Joe Lewis. Just because I mean, well, Caravan, well, Caravan rested their keeper, yeah, as well. Just something different. Um, I mean, because for what Gary Woods did when he came on last season, I thought he was half decent. I didn't mm. think much, I didn't think anything bad about him. Um, again, there's other players that uh, uh, Gar. I'm not going to get started on him because I'll just end up getting really frustrated <laughs> after Wraith. Um, yeah, he'll probably play. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I would li- quite like to see what this Nwenga guy's about because he was on the, I think it was on the Cove. Yeah, and he, you know, he got made his debut last season. But I suppose, yeah. you know, even in midfield, you know, we've spoken about Brown and Ferguson. Do they get rested? Ojo yeah. again, he put in a fair shift tonight. Dean Campbell's not stuck, um, not featured this season. Hopefully, fit enough again. We could maybe even see Dean there coming into the midfield. Dylan McGeeck, mm-hmm. a player that didn't feature tonight. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. probably likely see him. Um, the former. I was wondering what happened to that Ryan Duncan guy, the guy who kind of appeared in like the McInnes, like final kind of game yeah but again you know it's, an, it's another youngster yeah so you might you just, just something you might just chuck him on the bench but mm-hmm. yeah I, it'll be interesting to see what what approach we take yeah not holding out much hope so tune in um next week when we're back reviewing uh, what will be the top of the table clash at Tyne Castle what to expect I don't know for those of you that are going um, I hope fun. you enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> have fun. <laughs> to be I'll fair, be my bed. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'm looking forward to the day out um, more than I am the game because it's been a long time since I've been to an away game. It's my first away game of the season. And to be fair, the last time I was at Tyne Castle was actually for Rory's head wedding. Slept in, missed the bus, met you boys on the train, and lost my house keys in Tyne Castle celebrating the equaliser. So uh, hopefully Sunday goes a little bit better yeah. off the pitch for me as well. Well, I'll be, I'll be listening to Richard Gordon. I'm not paying the Hearts TV their extortionate price, whatever they're charging. So it'll be a Richard Gordon afternoon for me, I think. No, well, Ross, it's been a pleasure having you back on uh, Red Tinted Glasses. Um, hope you make a speedy recovery um, from your COVID and get to Pataldry next week for the all-important second leg of Carabag. Um, Callum will hopefully be fit enough to join me next week to review the hearts game and as always if you have enjoyed the show make sure you hit that like and subscribe button on youtube make sure you're following us wherever you're listening to red tinted glasses and thanks again for your continued support and come on your reds <laughs>